Um, it is my privilege to uh, lead you uh, this morning in the opening series um, entitled Living on Mission. And so Living on Mission, we're going to talk about what that means. And uh, this first week, we're really going to be talking about um, the mind, thinking about that, um, how that actually, what you think living on mission looks like. And next week, we'll be looking at uh, the heart, what it feels to, to live on mission. And then uh, the third part, uh, the third week of that is kind of doing, going in action and how you kind of live that mission out. And so um, the big idea uh, of this passage that we're going to be talking about is all believers are called to discipleship. And so the question that I'm asking you, the reason I titled this sermon, What is Your Mission?, is really, I think, before you can talk about the Great Commission, you need to understand what is your mission, and are you even on mission? And so, this morning I'm going to talk to you about your goals, or more precisely, your mission in life. I'm going to, this title is designed for you to ask yourself, what is your purpose, or why are you here? I believe before we can tackle this passage, or answer this question, we need to ask another question. And that question is, who is Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus as the Christ, as God in the flesh? Furthermore, do you believe not only did he live a perfect life, unlike all of us, but that he also died in our place? That he demonstrated power and was perfect, unlike all of us? but that he also died in our place. He claims that he, he, he is God and that he rose from the grave. Have you had a conversation, something like this? God, I, I need you. I need you because I can't live without you. I have been doing life on my own and I have been doing a horrible job of it and I recognize that. I am a sinner. If you had a conversation like that, then you are a follower of Jesus. If, if you haven't, you're in the right place. And there are people here that would love to talk to you about what it means to be a Christian and to be a follower. And so we're going to read uh, from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. So if you would follow along with me as I read God's word. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this passage, for your word, God. It often makes me feel inadequate, but I'm thankful for your word because it is reliable and it's true. I feel so blessed this morning to share your word with those in attendance, and my prayer this morning is that everyone here is captivated by what you have to teach us, God. Open our eyes and our ears to this passage, to this passage God so that we can grow in our faith. Wherever we are in our spiritual journey, let us take the opportunity this morning to really think about this passage. We know that it's our responsibility 
to share your teachings. And it can be overwhelming, and we can feel so inadequate. And so we ask you that you would give us this opportunity this morning and the ability to communicate those truths. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. Um, The three uh, points I would like to draw from this passage are this. Um, What is your mission? Is it to be the master or the servant? Is it to be a spectator or the player? And is your mission the end of your story or is it just the beginning? And so to be the master or the servant, what I'm asking is do you desire to be the master of your own mission? I want you to think about this very carefully. Ask yourself how you're living your life. Do you live your life like you were in charge or like God's in charge? Look at the disciples here in verses 17 and 18. And when they saw, in in 17 first, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Are you worshiping God? Are you want, or are you wanting worship? Do you doubt God's mission? Do you think your mission is more important or even better? If you say you are his servant, but then don't live your life that way, what are you? Jesus is worshiped by those who understand his role and what he has come to do. He is doubted by those who are unsure of his mission and don't believe. Jesus declares something only God can, which is that all authority in heaven, on earth, is his. What does that mean? Well, if that statement is true, and and I believe it is, then you and I are the servants, and we must act accordingly. We must acknowledge Jesus as Lord, and his mission needs to take precedent over ours. And we must be willing to sacrifice if we want to serve him. Jesus leaves no room for anyone to doubt who is in charge here. All authority, not some, not most, but all authority has been given to him. This authority does not exist. This authority not only exists in heaven, but on earth. This means everywhere you go, no matter how important you think you are, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're his servant. You belong to him, and his mission should take precedence. Those who believe that Jesus is their master now have to decide whether their mission is to be a spectator or a player. And so my first point really, really wrestles. You have to make a decision on, are you the master or is God the master? We see what Jesus says right here. All authority has been given to me. He's declaring that he is master. But are you willing to recognize that you're a servant? I know for me, it's pretty hard to do that. I think I know better oftentimes. Somehow, the, I'm the, I believe that I'm the created, right? I'm the created. But oftentimes, the created thinks they know more than the creator. Now, how prideful is that? But it's true. If we're not honest with ourselves, we think we know better. Or we're not really sure that God can handle what's going on. And Jesus wants to make that clear. He could say a lot of things here, but he wants to recognize that if you're a follower, you need to be a servant. And so 
The second point of being a spectator or player. I want you to follow me here. I went to uh, the Cane Bay, Cane Bay's uh, JV and varsity uh, spring game uh, on Thursday. I went to it. And uh, I was a spectator. I know. I look like a, an athlete. You thought I might have been playing. Um, I don't know why you're laughing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, so I went to go watch. And it was really, it was really, you know, enjoying the game, watching him, warming up, seeing him play. And um, I was a spectator. I was enjoying it. But I was kind of watching everybody else there as well. And you could see people half paying attention, really there only to socialize, um, looking for something to drink or something to eat. And the concession stand was closed so people could do whatever. But really, it was even free to get into the game. Didn't cost them anything. So people were coming who wouldn't even normally come. It was just a scrimmage. And honestly, by the end of the game, I didn't, they were playing each other. I didn't really, had lost interest. But I was spectating, right? It was, it was there for my entertainment. I took it and dealt with it as I felt fit. Um, but those players, do you think those players thought that scrimmage was important? Well, I, I, my, my son and his, and his friends are involved. They weren't involved in this game because they'll technically be on JV next year. But I've seen the hours that they put into the gym, weightlifting and training, learning the plays and running and getting in shape. So let me ask you that question again. Do you think those players cared about that scrimmage? They did. And why is that? Because they were invested. They were active. They, they cared about that scrimmage because they had put a lot of time and a lot of effort into that. And so they sacrificed a lot. They sacrificed time away from their family. They sacrificed time from studying. They sacrificed so much just to be on that field. And so think about it. What does God want you to be? This great commission, and you're going to see me, and I'm going to read it quite often because it's really good. It says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. And so it shows that action. It, it's a call for those disciples to get into the game. For years, they had been following Jesus. And now Jesus says, it's your turn to go and make disciples. It is action. It is calling them no longer to watch Jesus and what he has been doing, but actually to live the way he lived, to live that out. So they would need to take an active role. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Because I thought this as I read this too. I am nothing like these disciples that followed Jesus. How could I ever teach like them? Let me ask you this. What do you think those disciples were thinking? Jesus said, go and make disciples. Do you not think it went through their mind, Jesus, I can't be like you. I can be nothing like you. I'm just me. But Jesus didn't ask for them to, they had to reach these certain qualifications. I need you to do X, Y, and Z and then go and be a disciple, right? They just had to follow him. That was their qualification. They didn't go to the best schools. They didn't have all the money. They didn't have maybe the, the most intelligence in all the world. They were obedient servants following God. And now God was saying, go and make disciples, Jesus, how can I disciple people like you? I could never do a good as job as you've done with us. 
Christ's teaching is what was their responsibility. They were to take an active role in this. Everywhere they would go, they would need to make disciples. He didn't say go and become famous. Go and be happy. Go and live your life how you see best. Think about it. His instructions were clear. Go and make followers to all nations. The disciples didn't know how this meeting was going to go when they got there, right? But it was clear now who was in charge, what role they needed to play, and now their only question was, is this going to be the end of the story, or is this just the beginning? See, I want you to think about this for a second. Christ had lived his ministry for several years. He had just been crucified. He was, he was killed. He was resurrected, and now he wants to come up on this mountain. I want to talk to you. If you just heard and witnessed all these kinds of things, what might be going through your head? What might you be thinking? I don't know. First thing that came to my mind is, is Jesus going to give his own eulogy? Right? So he had just died. Is he going to just talk about all the great things he did and we're going to go up into heaven with him? Is that what we're going to go do? Or is, there, is this more of a commencement speech? They didn't know it was titled the Great Commission, by the way. That's, that's now we know the title of that. <laughs> so they, they, I don't know what they thought. Maybe they thought this was the end of the story of them for them. I could see them on the walk up there talking. What does Jesus want us to do? We've been with him since the beginning, and now it's time to go home. But as I read verses 19 and 20 again, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it says this in verse 20, Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this wasn't a eulogy. He didn't talk about all the things that he had done in his past. This was a commencement speech. This was a commission, right? Let me ask you this. There's a lot of commencement speeches going on right now, people graduating. Imagine um, kindergarten commencement speech, right? You get up there in kindergarten, and you've just graduated kindergarten, and you said, all right, this is the end of the journey. That's it. That's all I have to do. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? High school. You graduate from high school. It's the end of your journey. That's what they say it there, right? It's it. That's all. Great job. You passed English class. That's all we needed you to do. College. Man, you have really gone far. That's it. You're done. No. Those are just the beginning. Jesus, I don't know about you, but so many times in my life when I thought, I became a Christian. That's, that's what... That's it, right? That's the end of my story. That's what I was supposed to do, God, to recognize that you're in charge. But right here in this great commission, Jesus is telling you, that is not the end of your story. This is not the end. It's just the beginning. Think about this. This is one of the greatest commissions anyone can ever receive. If, if those disciples, after listening to Jesus, said, Good story. And just went home. Would any of us be sitting here this morning? Would we even know about Christianity? But now I might step on some toes here. Those of you that say, Jesus is my Lord, are we carrying out this great commission? Are we living the way Jesus? By the way, 
he doesn't say if you feel like teaching people to become disciples, go ahead and do it. He doesn't say if you've got spare time, I want you to go and share the gospel with someone to make disciples. It says go and make disciples. Where? Everywhere. How do I do it? Will you teach them all that I've commanded you? This was no small task. Jesus knew what he was asking, what he was requiring. But it was really important to him because he knew that people needed to hear about him and that this, we are one generation. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I've heard it many times. We are one generation from losing, from no one knowing about Jesus because it is our responsibility as Christians to share that good news. And I've been challenged, if I thought that this is good news, if I think this is really this important, why am I not doing it more often? Well, here's the honest truth. We don't get that this commission is that important. We think what? We're in charge. We think what? We think, I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm not qualified. I can't get into the game and do this. We think, I'm a Christian. I'm good. God will take care of those other people. We make excuses all the time. But Christ isn't asking us if we feel like doing this. He is commanding the disciples. I've even gone as far as thinking this great commission is only for pastors. It's only for the Nathans and the Brandons. It doesn't apply to me. I'm not going to be baptizing anybody. How can I teach people to be a follower of Christ? I've actually believed that. He is calling all of us to do that. He's calling all of us to live it out. And so, the work isn't finished. Jesus is telling us all disciples that you have graduated. Now it's your turn to be the teacher. I need you to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so, what do you think now? Can you honestly, do you honestly know what your mission is? I hope you want to live like a servant. I believe God wants us to get off the sidelines. And I pray that this is just the beginning for you and I. So this, this sermon isn't about, this message isn't about making you feel bad. It's about saying, clearly understanding where we need to go. Clearly understanding what we need to do, I have often gotten sidetracked to think, you know what? I just want to go play sports. I just want to go and make really good money. I just want to go and do this. And those things aren't evil. They're not. But we can do those things and still tell our boss about Jesus. We can still play sports and reflect what it means and look like a Christian. We are not meant to be to blend into this world. And we can't lose focus on what Christ is calling us to do. Let's pray. God, I know that this great commission is the best thing that you could ever want for us as Christians. I recognize that you have all authority, that you are God, all-powerful. And that this mission is impossible without you in it. But your last verse says, we are to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
And behold, I am with you always until the very end of the age. God, you are with us. And so I pray that we would not have a spirit of fear, but that we would have a spirit of strength and trust in you. God, may we be bold witnesses for your kingdom. I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Let us stand and sing praise as we sing glory to God forever.